The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Once you come to know who you are and you come to this place of freedom, all the people who knew you before won't like it. They won't like the you that you are. They liked you better when you were conforming to fit their equation. But now that you're saying, oh, wait, this is about me and my life and who I am and what makes me feel well, everyone won't like that. And so everybody can't go on your freedom walk. And we got to be all right with that. Hi, everybody. It's Kat Sadler. And this is It Sure Is a Beautiful Day. I've spent decades in TV broadcasting and conducted hundreds, if not thousands, of interviews in the span of my career. And on this show, the conversations continue. My goal is that every episode feels entirely brand new, but also like coming home. Let's get into it. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. It sure is a beautiful day. I am your host, Kat. Can you believe we're already halfway through January? Mind blown. Gosh, I feel like this year is going to fly by, but I'm so glad you're back. I love when you come back every Tuesday. I love when you guys are leaving those reviews on Apple Podcasts. It just makes me so, so happy. Fuels me to keep going. And today, it is going to be worth your time, worth the listen, worth the download, and worth the share because Tabitha Brown is on the show and we get into it. Going to tell you in just a minute kind of what we are covering exactly, but I promised to start these episodes at least for a while, see how it goes, with you know, just kind of a personal catch-up or a personal share um, updates just about kind of what's going on in my world. I heard from a lot of you who were loving those solo episodes, and I thought, you know what? I'll just spend a little time with you before the guest. So um, I am just off a a trip to Mexico, and I got a lot of questions from you guys like, we got to know, did you drink in Mexico? How's your health? Because I had shared that I'm cutting back. I'm really experimenting with next to no alcohol and very, very little sugar. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to optimize my life. I'm trying to really level up, you know, like what could life be like if I genuinely, genuinely lived the cleanest I possibly can. And so, man, I went to Mexico. You guys, if you know anything about me, you know, I go sometimes three, four times a year. It's like one of my favorite places to visit. And one of my favorite drinks of all time has been a spicy margarita. And I tell you what, I drank two of the five days in Mexico. And for me, that is major. (laughs) That is a first ever. That is somewhat unheard of. Greg and I were working out. We were doing trapeze yoga while we were there. We hit the gym. It felt so good. And I got home from Punta Mita, which is where we went. And by the way, we play, we stayed at this place called Susaros, which is just heavenly. It's an auberge resort. If you ever have the time or you're planning a trip to Mexico, I highly, highly, highly recommend. It was unreal. 
But I got back to LA and I went straight to my home bar and I cleaned the damn thing out. I didn't want to see the wine in front of me. I didn't want like the booze in my eyeline as much as I think that's like such a sexy look. And it's always been a part of my design in my home. I got a bar cart. I have this other kind of old mid-century area, like built-ins, built-in shelves. Um, My house was built in the 50s that, you know, I collect barware. I love collecting like vintage glasses. Anyway, I cleaned it out and I put it all down below and put it in the cupboard and closed the door. So that was a big step just because it's like, you know, I'm making this promise to myself right now, not always, maybe, TBD day by day, but I'm just like, you know, I'm not going to drink at home anymore. And that's kind of like my thing. I'm not going to drink at home. Used to have the wine with my dinner, used to, you know, pop open a beer when I was doing my yard work, but I'm just, I'm really focusing on the clarity of just no alter, you know, no alteration, no escaping, no numbing, just sitting with how I feel. And I'm feeling so, so good. So I have not had a sip since I've been home from Mexico. Feeling good, guys, feeling good. So if if you're kind of experimenting with me, I'd love to know how it's going for you. Again, some of you have been DMing me. It's really just, it's so it feels so good to step into your power and to make choices every single day that are grounded in love of self. And that's kind of how it feels for me. And the timeliness of having Tabitha Brown on the show is just so rewarding because if you know Tabitha, then you know nobody shows up as themselves more than Tabitha. But she didn't always do that. So Tabitha has been all over the place. She is an online sensation. She is a host. She is an actress. She's an author. She has Emmy nominations now. She has, you know, four or five million. She might even have more than that on TikTok, actually. Um, But millions on millions of followers, loyal, diehard followers of her because she's so lovable, but mostly because she is authentic. So we talk in this episode about what it means to show up as yourself. Like how many of us walk around with a mask or a veil, or maybe we we act a certain way when we're at work, or we behave a certain way when we're around our in-laws, or even with certain friends, we kind of you know, pivot a little or adjust because that's the way it's always been. So we kind of act a certain way, but maybe that is not truly who you are. And you're doing that for other people to make them feel more comfortable. I know you know what I'm talking about because we've all been there. And that was Miss Tabitha Brown before her success, by the way. She was straightening her hair as a black woman. She felt like she was she was conforming. She straightened her hair. She adjusted her voice. She got rid of her accent. And none of it, none of it felt good to her. And not only did it not feel good, it was exhausting. It was completely depleting and ultimately made her sick. So in this episode, we talk about just how sick she got. She didn't think she'd make it to her 40th birthday. And we talk about 
her freedom walk. Who doesn't want to be free? And let me tell you, I feel like we're going to church in this episode because she talks about what freedom means to her and how we can all choose to step into that by shedding some of the layers, those old versions of ourselves or those layers that really cover up who we are meant to be, who we are intended to be, who we are at the core. So really cool conversation. The energy of this woman, she just just dropped gem after gem after gem. So much wisdom in the show. I can't wait to hear what you think. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna dip out and let you meet her. Here is Tabitha Brown. Listen, I mean it when I say that, you know, just to have your your joy, your shine, your light, your mood, your everything on It Sure Is A Beautiful Day just means so, so much to me and I know my listeners. So welcome. Welcome to the show. It is so nice to meet you. Thank you. It's nice to meet you. And I love the name of the podcast. <laughs> I thought you might like that. I have wanted to meet you so much because I just subscribe so much to what you are putting into the world. And we're going to get to so, so much within this conversation. But I like to start out with just asking people, how are you today at this moment? How are you doing, Tab? Honey, I'm very good. (laughs) I'm juicing a little bit. I'm a little orange and ginger and turmeric. And I feel really good. Had a good workout. And you know what? I could probably, you know, go for a little afternoon nap and I'll be even better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you brought that up because I have been watching you as has the world as of late. And I'm like, she must have 50 hours in her day to do all that you do. I mean, the the books, the shows, the hair care line, the now Target vegan food and kitchenware line. You were nominated for Emmys. I mean, you are doing it. All so, how do you keep the endurance level up like you do? Well, you know what it's called balance and having a good schedule. It looks like it's all happening at the same time, but mm. it definitely has its appointed times. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time for everything. But you know, I put myself first, make sure I'm all right. Mm. You know, make sure I'm well enough to do it all, and that's it. Eat well, drink a lot of water. You know those type of things, but. Always making sure that here I'm good. You know, if this is good, then everything else could be all right. The mind's got to be right. You've got the system in place. You are coming off this this target launch. So, I mean, what did this particular offering mean to you? I mean, that's real mega. Now you're the queen of target on top of everything else. (laughs) So how did the launch go? And how meaningful was this particular project for you? Oh, you know... Target is such a great partner. I've been working with them for a couple of years and this is my third collection, but my most sacred collection. Like it means the most to me. You know, food changed my life, right? It saved my life and changed my life. And for me to have my own vegan food collection and kitchen items in Target, it felt like, wow, this was a dream I never even imagined. And it is mind blowing, but it's kind of like a full circle moment and just how God can just take you on this journey I never imagined eating a sandwich in my car would lead to me having my own food at Target. Like, come on. Here we are, you know, almost five years later, almost five years to the date from me eating the sandwich in my car to my launch day at at Target. It changed my life. And to see people now getting to eat the food that I share all the time and that I cook and 
seeing their reaction it is heartwarming, but it, it it fills me with so much joy and happiness. So it feels really good. It feels really good. And even beyond the joy of it is is the health piece of it, right? You are helping people with longevity and living healthier lives and, you know, feeling better in their bodies every day if, in fact, they are being kind to themselves based on what they put into their bodies. Will you talk a little bit about, you know, that shift for you in your life personally when you became vegan? You were down and out for more than a year and you were frustrated and you weren't feeling good and, you know, you you tried it all and then became vegan as a result of a 30-day challenge and you were feeling so good. But but can you talk about just how kind of low you were health-wise that kind of really ended up being the impetus for, for this new vegan you? Yeah, honey, I was, you know, really sick. My body was attacking itself in some type of way, you know, from 2016 to 2017. I don't know how many doctor's visits that I had. You know, I was there every... Felt like every week, sometimes daily, I was taking all kinds of medication. Doctors could not figure out what was wrong with me. So they were just pumping me with steroids. And, you know, it was like, oh, try prednisone. Oh, try this or try that. But never any answers. They would just say, well, we know your body is attacking itself. We just don't know why. It's something autoimmune, but we can't figure it out. I remember my one of my last appointments with uh, one of the rheumatologists. She said, well, you know, when we can't figure out what's wrong, we usually tell, women that have fibromyalgia. And I said, well, I don't want to just take a diagnosis because you can't figure out what's wrong with me. And that just bothered me. But I was so desperate. You know, I would get injections in my head and my spine. I would, I was a guinea pig because I was just desperate to feel normal again. And so when my daughter came home from school, one day she was like, mom, we saw this documentary at school. I think you should watch it. And it was What the Health on Netflix. And so I was like, okay. So we watched it, you know, as a family. And it was kind of a light bulb moment for me really quickly when they started talking about not all diseases are hereditary, is that sometimes we can eat the same thing in our family that will cause the same disease in our family. And for me, I started thinking about, you know, my own family. My mama died at 51 of a very rare disease, ALS. There's no cause or cure. Uh, my daddy at the time was the first man and still is to turn 70 in our family. And my aunts and uncles, people die at young ages in my family. They get sick at young ages in my family. And the only common denominator I could think of was how we ate. Mm. And it was also the only thing I hadn't tried. And so I said, well, you know what? Let me try like a vegan 30-day challenge and just see if it helps me at all. And I wasn't a terrible eater, but I didn't eat to feel well. I ate to look a certain way, mm. right? And so that was a an issue mm-hmm. that I had. Mm-hmm. And so I did a 30-day vegan challenge and I had been sick with headaches. And so I had a headache in the back of my head every day for a year and seven months. After the first 10 days of the 30-day vegan challenge, my headache disappeared. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm on to something. And every day after that, I started getting energy again. It's like pain just started to leave my body. And on day 30, I told my husband, this is going to be my life. I'm not going back. I'm I'm going to be vegan. And here we are over five years later, honey, still going strong. And it changed my life and saved my life. Changed your life and saved your life. Did you have any of the, the same stigma associated with 
vegans that so many people do because here we are in LA and it's real, it's real common here and it's, you know, vegan restaurants, people cater to vegan life. Were you that person too prior to trying it for yourself? I, I you know, I would hear about it, but I never saw anybody who looked like me. So I had this thought of veganism as, oh, it's for white women who do yoga. Mm -hmm. That's what I thought. Or it's a cult. <laughs> or you got to be a heavy, like, animal activist to be vegan. Because that was really all I'd ever seen. And so once I got into it, I realized, oh, wait, it's for everybody. Which is why, I, you know, I always try to make people realize, like, honey, it's, if it could be for Tab, a whole black woman with an Afro out here from North Carolina in the South, <laughs> honey, it could be for everybody, right? And so making it relatable and making it easy for people has always been kind of my goal because that's what we need because we don't want hard and we don't want things that we don't feel like we relate to. And so my thought is always trying to give somebody something new instead of making them feel like I'm taking something away. Hearing you talk about food and, you know, on your cooking shows and, and making your recipes and doing all that you do, obviously you're so passionate about it. I'm curious if of all the things you do, does the food excite you the most or the overall empowerment and the inspiration and the uplifting messages you give? Even just a couple hours ago, you were on TikTok and you were like, listen, you got to tell them, honey, how you feel. You can't hold it inside. If that's not your truth, you must put your own feelings first. You're constantly like giving this gospel to people. You know, not that you have to pick, but is the one of the two that really, really you feel is like your calling or your purpose here? Yeah, it's always the people, right? You know, I grew up with a dream of being an actress. Ever since I was a kid, I knew I wanted to perform, right? No one in my family was an actor. No, no one was in the entertainment. You know, I'm from a very small town in North Carolina. My parents used to be like, girl, we don't know where you came from with this big imagination and these big dreams, you know? And I just loved performing. But as an adult and then growing into who I am now, I realized because the reason I love performing so much is because I've always had a desire to make people feel something. Right. Mm -hmm. And so if I can make somebody feel loved, make them feel seen, mm -hmm. you know, make them feel heard. Mm -hmm. That's the joy. Right. That's what gives me joy. That's what excites me. People. I love people. Right. Yeah. I like to feed them but I'm more interested in feeding their soul. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like we're going through this shift. This cultural shift is underway, and a lot of us have this new mindset towards prioritizing self-care, staying super sharp, living our lives without compromise. And for many of us, that means limiting our alcohol intake or maybe doing away with it altogether. Or maybe if you're listening, you are sober curious. Well, listen up. I want to tell you about Monday. Monday's non-alcoholic craft spirits, they include mezcal, gin, and whiskey. All of these drinks provide the look and feel of alcohol, the look and feel of maybe your favorite beverage. So you have this sense that you're imbibing all those flavors that you love again and again and again without the fear of all the ill effects of alcohol. So if you, like me, are prioritizing your health and well-being this year, maybe you're doing a dry January, you want to check out 
Monday. I think my favorite of the three is the mezcal. It's got this really subtle, floral, fruity, agave nectar taste. It's met with this campfire smoke and pepper. I just love it. I feel like it's a special drink, kind of like a special treat. But again, without all those ill after effects and feeling gross or crappy or foggy the next day. And zero sugar. Again, zero alcohol, you guys. If you want to try it out, go to drinkmonday.co slash cat. I'm going to give you 15% off your order. Again, that's drinkmonday.co slash cat. 15% off for It Sure Is a Beautiful Day listeners. Check out the website. Learn all about it at drinkmonday.co. Hi, I'm Mari Llewellyn, and I'm the host of the Pursuit of Wellness podcast. A couple of years ago, I went through a huge transformation. And although I got a lot of attention for losing weight and discovering my passion for weightlifting, there was a lot more to that before and after than what a few pics could ever capture. On the Pursuit of Wellness, you can expect tons of information from experts about optimizing your body and mind. I'll also be sharing some triumphs and struggles from my own personal life. I'm on this journey with you, so you can definitely count on my podcast to give you that weekly dose of encouragement we all need as we pursue things that make us feel our very best inside and out. Tune into the Pursuit of Wellness every week wherever you listen to podcasts. When did you figure out that was it? Like that was the unlock. That was going to be Tabitha Brown's offering. Like I know you said, you know, grew up in North Carolina. I know you have big dreams. I know even... You know, you said, you know, God was planting all these things and putting it in front of you bigger than you could have even imagined is almost like this little chessboard to kind of like, oh, all these pieces are going to make sense one day. And I love that about your story. But like as a young woman, did you get that piece that like I am going to make people feel loved? No, you know, I always wanted to. Right. The root of who I am has always been consistent with loving on people. My mom always used to tell, like when me and my husband got together, she was like, no, don't feel special. She loved to bring everybody home. Like she <laughs> loved, you know, people I would, I thought my mama could fix everybody because she was a social worker. So I would bring people home too and be like, mom, and they need help. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people have always been a passion for me. I didn't know that people were my purpose until I got older. In the last five years, I realized my purpose is you know, making people feel loved and making people feel like they have a friend in me or family, right? Because a lot of people feel alone, even in a house full of people. And so God has opened my eyes to my purpose in that element in these last five years of my own freedom walk, right? Of getting to know who I was again, because I had lost myself for a long time. And when I found me, that's when I found purpose, right? So that has definitely recently happened in the last five years. And I've leaned into it very hard ever since. And every day I pursue it very, very hard. (laughs) Mm, And you do it well. You do it well. For the people who may not know your backstory, I I think it's important to mention because, I mean, you are everywhere. Like I said, you can look at TikTok, you go into Target, you know, you you turn on the the TV, like there you are. But Mm -hmm. 
We both know how hard you worked for it. We both know, like, you know, this was not an insta-fame situation. This isn't, you know, just suddenly you had a viral moment and now look at your girl, you're doing great. This was a dream. You came to LA and, and you did what so many aspiring dreamers do. You know, you were on some movies, you had these small parts, you went straight to DVD. Eventually you were working at Macy's, you were driving Uber, you did all the things and you took, you know, as little money as they would pay you to do the job. Yeah. During, if, any. <laughs> if any, if any money to do yeah. Yeah. the job during that time. And, you know, listen, you know, I tell my own kids, I'm like, this is, you know, how character is built. This is where we learn things. You know, there is certainly a place for all of that in our lives. How low did it go for you? Because, you know, a lot of people come, they get that five years and then they're out. You know, you gave it a good long, what? Almost 20? How long? 15 years? Well, I've, I've been pursuing acting since 98, really. Yeah. You know, trying to figure it out. And so the the thing about me that's very different, I've always just had this feeling inside that it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. Right. But I never, ever have been afraid of working. Like my dad raised me to work. You know, he ain't know nothing about no acting, but he knew about hard work. So I always had a job and I didn't mind working because I also had a husband who was my partner, not my provider. Right. And we in this thing together. So when I moved to L.A., we've been in L.A. now for uh, God, 18 years. You know, when I first moved, I was going back and forth to North Carolina, you know, more because my mama was sick. So I had to kind of stop and go back and take care of her until she passed away. But. I was like you said, I was working in Macy's. Then after Macy's, I stopped working for like a year to try to pursue acting and had a lot of small victories. But honey, that money ran out very fast. And I was like, okay, I got to get another job. So then I was working at the nursing home, did that for a year. And we were living like out in Palmdale, came back to the valley, told my husband, you know what? We agreed to try to have another baby. And so I was like, well, I need to get a real job again because we're going to need, you know, two incomes, not just his income mm. and steady money. If we're going to have another baby. So I went and got another nine to five and did that for five years until I got sick. And then I was out on disability, then on unemployment and then driving Uber. Like, honey, if all of this went away, Tabba, go get a job. I have no problem going to work. Right. I jump right back in my car and start driving Uber. <laughs> and I'm always very good at getting jobs. I, I, Probably can count on one hand how many jobs I didn't get. Any job I ever applied for, or if I went to the interview, I'm getting a job. Like I'm just, that's just me. But I think that even when I would feel like, Lord, I feel stuck. There definitely were those days. So I was like, Lord, is this it? I feel this thing inside of me that is calling me, that's telling me that something is coming. That's what I would tell my husband all the time. I would say, I, I just have this feeling it's going to happen. And I would dream things and I would see this life that I live now. And I would try to explain it to my husband. And, and, you know, he tells people all the time in interviews that my wife dreamt this life and he thought I was crazy most days. Right. Because it, it would be years and years. And there would be days where I just thought like, well, am I crazy? But I can't stop. Mm. It's calling me. I, I want it so bad not to be famous, but just to fulfill this thing that I feel inside of me. Like, I don't want to die with this feeling inside of me. I got to figure out what this is that he's trying to show me. 
And so for me, my probably my lowest point was only when I got really sick mm. because I thought, oh my God, I thought I was going to die. And I thought, Lord, I ain't going to see 40 and I'm never going to meet the dream. I'm never going to see what I've seen in my dreams. I'm never going to get there. But I, I'm so grateful that he brought me through, you know, and that I am here and that I do see it and I'm living it. You know, even when my mom was sick, she told me God had showed her my life in the future and that it was going to be amazing. And I know that I'm living in what she saw. And so it 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 literally blows my mind every day. Girl, I'd be like, God, it's so good. This is really my life, you know? <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm, I'm never, I've never been that person that said, I give up, I quit. Yeah. It's just not in me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not in me. I know that one of your mantras is expect the unexpected. Is that yeah. still how you wake up every day? Every day. Mm. Every day. Because listen, my phone can ring right now and I get some news and I'd be like, look at that. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I also expect good things to happen. Yeah. You know, I just do. Yeah. You have talked openly too about not always being tab of the brown and not mm-hmm. not living your most authentic self and not letting the hair out and not using your real voice and and not being completely wholly fully who you are. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little about that transition or that moment even of like starting to actually show up as yourself and how that has made an impact in your life? Absolutely. You know, being from the South, right? I, my first experience of understanding what it was to code switch, right? Code switching is, you know, changing your voice for survival, right? Thinking that you got to change your voice to fit in, especially as, as a Black woman or man. But my first experience with, with that was as a little girl watching my mama answer the phone and how she changed her voice to talk to bill collectors. I would think, oh, wait, is this how we have to talk to get what we need or to get help, you know? And so, very early on, even when I worked at my first job at Taco Bell and I, I didn't use, you know, I try to cover my my voice and have a different voice. Right. And then getting jobs in corporate America. You know, I, I used to work in a call center for UPS and I remember being told I sound ignorant or you sound, you know, country. You need to you need to mask that. And I did. And I believed it. And it almost made me feel ashamed of where I was from. Not necessarily like, oh, I'm from, you know, my town, which I love, but like, oh, if they're saying I'm ignorant, like that that something must be wrong. Right. And so I believe that. And so it began early then of trying to like cover and sound more professional and then moving to L.A. and, you know, taking casting workshops and different acting classes, the dialect coaches, they would say you need to learn to cover that accent because you don't want to get typecast. They won't, people won't want to hear that all the time. It's a certain sound, you know? And I was like, okay. And so I took that and I was like, okay, I got to do the same thing that I do at work for this too. This, this has got to be me all the time. And so I created that version of Tabitha. So even when I met new friends in LA, that's the version they got. Right. So I was I was her consistently so much so that, I, you know, even going home after being in L.A. for a while, me and my husband just talked about this the other day, going home to visit 
I would like even try to keep that up to make my family feel like, oh, she's she's doing well. And I thought how embarrassing now when I think about it, but how dare I create this image that makes me remove who I am, which is part of my family, in order for me to to look like I'm successful, right? Which means, so this tab wasn't enough to be successful. So that means my mom and my daddy, my aunts, my cousins, because they all bear country, just like me. That means they couldn't be successful. How dare I even think that way? But that's when you damaged about the world and you believe what the world tells you, right? And so I went through that for almost 20 years of trying to, you know, be this person. 20 years. I mean, that's a long time. time. That's exhausting. It's it, which is why I also feel like I got so sick. Yeah. I feel like I I got sick because I was suffocating the true me. Mm. I couldn't breathe. I was exhausted. And so when I was sick and I, I had my, you know, my, my meeting with Jesus in the bathroom is what I call it. And my prayer to him was, God, if you heal me, you can have me. And that meant I can no longer try to be the Tabitha I created. I got to be who he created me to be. And that meant I had to start taking the layers off. So mm-hmm. I used to always wear my hair straight, not because I necessarily wanted to. I loved it. It was it was beautiful. But I thought I had to. Right. Always cover my accent because I had to. Now it meant, okay, girl, you got to slowly start to remove these layers. I was always trying to be a size two or four, very thin because I had to fit the look. Mm. I started taking those layers off. I'm still taking layers off, honey, because the thing about healing is you can still be triggered by something. Right. There was many times working in corporate America. I was the only black person, not the only black woman, the only black person in a building. And I had to code switch to conform, to feel safe. Right. Which is not on me to do that. No, I should feel like I could be this tab anywhere. I do now. Now I know I'm free. Right. But I can still walk in a room and be triggered a little bit for a moment. And I have to remind myself, don't go back. Mm. You you are enough just as you are. Mm. You, you walk in here proudly, a free woman, and be exactly who you are. Mm. And you are enough, right? Mm. So I call it my freedom walk. And I've been on it for the last five years. So, honey, you know, she covered up right now. But, you know, Donna <laughs> be a big old Afro walking in the room, waving at everybody. Okay. I come in, I have on black right now just because this is my, my workout hoodie. But you know, I have tons of color. <laughs> I love being bright and vibrant. And You got um, color on your nails. You got a rainbow on your sweatshirt. You know, you yeah. got color on your head. You're, I, I see the color. Don't you worry. We're going to see know? it. <laughs> so I, I show up in love and color and, and, and grace mm-hmm. that I give to myself and to others. But girl, honey, most importantly, I show up as me and I show up free. Well, I am so happy that you had that awakening and that realization and that you can speak to it today because I know so, so many, especially women, I think, are walking around, especially black women or women of color, but even all women just feeling like we have to be something else other than we are. I mean, that's pretty universal 
like you mentioned, the weight or even aging, like all the things that women struggle with specifically. So, so thank you for sharing that because I do think it's, it's so, it's dangerous to your yeah. health, you know, and denouncing who you actually are. Yeah. It's like an injustice to everybody that came before you. One of my favorite quotes is your level of success hinges on your level of authenticity, really. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. true. I mean, look at you now. You were like, I'm going to be me and whole life change, girl. I'm like, I was hiding the very thing that people love about me. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like even cover my voice for this voice. Yeah. People love my voice. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's crazy. You talk about being free a lot. And I love that word freedom. And I do think as someone who's done a lot of work on healing my own self in the last couple years, like freedom feels really, really good. What does freedom mean to you? Because I, again, I think people listening, a lot of people are still on that journey and they haven't gotten there yet and they're still trying to find their way and they, they want to live the way you are speaking. They want to live that and they want to feel that way. Tell them what being free feels like. Oh, it feels like me first. It feels like no, if if I don't want to do something, it feels like not over explaining myself. It feels like I also can change my mind. It feels like showing up only if I feel like it. <laughs> you know, it feels like telling the truth despite how someone may feel. It just feels like showing up all the time as me and never, ever apologizing for it. It feels really good. You know, it's a very good feeling, but it also can feel scary. It can also be sad. It can also be lonely because there's stages to freedom. Because the thing that you have to understand is once you come to know who you are and you come to this place of freedom, all the people who knew you before won't like it. They won't like the you that you are. They liked you better when you were conforming to fit their equation. But now that you're saying, oh, wait, this is about me and my life and who I am and what makes me feel well, everyone won't like that. And so everybody can't go on your freedom walk. And we got to be all right with that. Yeah. Everybody doesn't need to go because you can easily get distracted and get pulled back. Mm -hmm. So be all right with shedding. Mm -hmm. It's okay, you know, but it's a very good feeling. The the good outweigh the bad. Ah, oh, so beautifully put. I love that. Love that so much. I want to talk about the business a little bit because this last five years, like, you know, there was Tabitha before, now there's Tabitha now, then there was the sandwich, then there was a viral video. And now again, you're having just, not just a moment, like, again, you're just like this, this explosion of your offerings. And so much of it is through your own curated creations that you have you have come up with and that you're sharing and you're producing and you're hosting and you know you're interviewing and you know you're straight to camera. I find it so fascinating as a TV host myself and being in media, I just I'm blown away by just how we can create these days and the again freedom that we have to touch people. Like there was a time and you and I both were in the same boat. Like there was a time when you had to go on the audition, you had to be chosen, 
you know, it was such a much more limited, narrow, highly competitive space. So a lot of no's, a lot of rejection. And then when you did get the job, you were doing what they told you to do. It wasn't, you know what I mean? Like you're talking to who they say you have to talk to and then you're kind of doing it the way they tell you to do it. I'm so grateful for the creative space that anybody really has now this, this opportunity to create and then share with the world. I mean, certainly one of the upsides of technology and social media and whatnot. So agreed. Right? I mean, I, I literally watch your work and I'm like, like, thank God for just the phone and, and, and these mediums and YouTube and stuff, because you know, if we left it to all these old white men running the networks, half the people with the success like yours wouldn't be in the position they are, right? How did you design your plan? I mean, after the viral video and after, you know, realizing that you were hitting a chord with people and you started to grow more and more popular, was the design of your shares super systematic or was it completely organic? Like, how much do you just pick up the phone and talk to me and tell me what you're feeling like you do? And how much of it is, is this six months out on a calendar? Zero planning, 100% organic. <laughs> I still run my, girl, I got, well, my, I still do it all myself. I still shoot all myself. I still edit all, you know, my cooking video, everything all by myself. When I feel it, I'm going to shoot it. If God gave me a word, I'm going to say it. I let him order my steps. Opportunities come. I pray about them. If, if he say yes, I say yes. If, it, if he say no, I say no. If it don't feel right, it ain't right. And that's how I work. Wow. <laughs> that's it. That is the God honest truth. I feel like that's rare, don't you? Maybe. You know, a lot of people like to plan. The only thing for me, the only time I'm planning if it's like branded content and they say, oh, we need it by this day. And I'll say, oh, okay, I'll shoot it. Give me two weeks so that I can still shoot it when it feels right. Mm. So it can be in the moment for me. Or if I have a book tour, we're going to plan that because it's dates. Mm. But there's never any like, oh, I want to plan my life for success and I'm going to do X, Y. No. Mm. Wow. Mm-mm. Wow, wow, wow. It don't work for me that way. Because then it's not me expecting the unexpected, mm-hmm. right? And I'm also saying, okay, I'm going to put myself in a box because I'm only going to be able to do this. Yes. Now I'm just be able to do whatever God say I'm going to be able to do. Yes. A lot yeah. of people have a lot of trouble letting go like that. A lot of people like to attach to the control of feeling like they know what's coming. If they if they really hold tightly, then they can like itemize their life and it might make more sense. Um, impermanence and expecting the unexpected. That's a real choice and a real gift if you can do it. How, how might you encourage others to try to lean in to live in more like that? Well, that's real freedom, right? That's true freedom. True freedom is going with it. Right. I would tell people to give yourself grace, like breathe a little bit. It's all right. You ain't got to know everything. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody calm down, (laughs) relax, step back sometime. Don't don't feel like you always got to be in control. It's the same thing I tell people with my cookbook. They were like, you ain't got your recipes don't have measurements. I was like, I did that intentionally because we're going to cook from the spirit. 
And if you need a recipe with measurements every time you cook, you don't trust yourself. You need to get in the kitchen and have fun. You know what you like. You know what you don't like. Put more of what you like in there. If you don't like it, don't put it in there. That's your life. Add the things that you like. Don't take any of the things that you don't. Mm -hmm. Allow yourself space to grow organically. Allow yourself time to just be and see what may come. I truly believe our life is already planned out. And it's up to us to like, you know, get to each destination. But we can only do that day by day, you know, hour by hour, however it's going to happen. So the truth is we're never really in control. We only think we are, right? And I think if we lean more into that understanding, we won't be so uptight about goals and having to get it done by this day. Oh my God, I'm this age. I'm not married. Oh my God, I'm this age. I haven't promoted. Oh, I'm this age. I don't have this amount of money. I haven't bought a house. I don't have a car. So what? Who who are you comparing your life to? It should be no comparison. Because really, that's the only reason that people control like that, because they're comparing it to something that they feel that they need to be. I don't compare my life to anybody. Honey, what somebody else doing ain't my business. Whatever God has planned for me, that's for Taya. And I'm going to be all right with it. And it's enough for me. So be enough with yourself. Will you talk with me about money for a minute? Because this is another topic. I think, you know, a lot of people tiptoe around and it's it's not always comfortable to be super transparent about money. But we as women, we want to empower women. We want everybody to have abundance. We want everybody to to achieve success. So, you know, you and you've run the gamut because there were those days like you talked about, you could always get a job, but sometimes they pay next to nothing, if not nothing. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, you are you are swimming around in what some might call an empire, right? So for those people listening who want to live more abundantly and summon in more money into their lives and be able to support the people they love in a a more free way, like, do you have any advice on how to achieve that? Other than the work, obviously, but like, what is your mindset when it comes to money? Well, for me, I don't do anything for money first, right? First is for my spirit. Like, it's got to be right. I don't care how much money you offer me. If it don't feel right, I'm not doing it. I have turned down millions because it didn't feel right. Nope. No, thank you. I'm all right. Mm. You know what? God going to give me what I need. So, Work with that angle. Don't don't chase money. It's just never a good thing. It doesn't end well. Do things that are purposeful. The money will come, right? The money will come. The money is the bonus for me. I'm doing things that feel good. It makes me happy, right? And in turn, I do get paid a lot of money that I'm able to employ other people and take care of my family. And, and live a, a great life, right? But I do a lot of giving back because I feel like, you know, I know what it was like when I didn't handle money, honey, <laughs> you know? And I still had a good life. And that's the thing, you know, we know how to do great lives with less. So I can still do a great life with more and not act crazy. So I just tell people to balance, you know, don't, owe, don't live beyond your means. 
right? Don't get the big head, you know, but don't chase money. Don't don't chase it. And you can let it chase you, right? <laughs> you can let it chase you. I'd be like, come on, keep up with me. Uh-huh. You know? Ooh, I like that. <laughs> uh-huh. Keep up with me. Uh-huh. I don't want to chase the money. I let Ooh. it chase me. I, I want to, I want my spirit to, to do all the, the earning. I want to earn that type of reward. My last question for you is, is what I like to ask a lot of my guests just before we go. But what is your idea of a beautiful day? Oh, a beautiful day to me is, you know, waking up and being alive. That's a beautiful day, honey. Being on this side of that, that ground. <laughs> it's a beautiful day. Mic drop. You don't need to say anything else. That was it. <laughs> Waking up. That's the best answer I think I've ever had on this show. Yeah. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's well, it. Tabitha, I can't thank you enough for just taking the time and sharing sharing your life and your energy with us. It was so, so nice to meet you. Thank you for everything. It was so good to meet you as well. Huh? Maybe the next time it'll be in person for hugs. I hope so. I really do. Okay. I, you you can't be too far away. We're both here in LA. So we'll we'll do, I don't know, the follow-up, the sequel. Maybe you can, I cannot cook, literally, but maybe we'll do some vegan cooking together. You can teach me a thing or two. I love it. Very okay. good. <laughs> okay, lots of love. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And a reminder, you can catch a brand new episode of It Sure Is a Beautiful Day every Tuesday. Please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And of course, I'd love to hear from you. So leave me a rating and leave me a review. Also, follow us on social media for all the behind the scenes action and more info. That's at I am Kat Sadler on Instagram and at ABD with Kat. Talk to you next Tuesday. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.